What do you think of when you think about the book of Ruth? A love story. Many of us would say it's a love story. You know, when Ruth meets and marries Boaz. But a love story is a sub-story of a much larger story that the book of Ruth is about. The book of Ruth is a story of redemption. Well, welcome again to Journey Through Scripture. And each week we're taking one book of the Bible. And this week we're looking at the book of Ruth. And I want to give a narrative summary. And then after the narrative summary, I want to give a sample passage from this incredible book and how it relates to us. So why don't we get started here with our narrative summary of the book of Ruth. Well, Ruth is happening during the time of the Judges. Judges is the book of the Bible that we looked at last week preceding this book called Ruth. And so the the time is that it's happening during this dark period of Israel's um, story. And so I I invite you to go back and read the book of Judges if you haven't uh, read it or if you didn't join us last week, uh, just so you can understand how Ruth sparkles. Ruth sparkles just like, you know, uh, a, a jeweler that brings out a diamond and Typically, when they bring out the diamond, it's going to be in that backdrop of that black velvet there, sitting there on that black velvet, and it's just going to pop. It's going to sparkle right uh, from that backdrop. And so that's what the book of Ruth does. Uh, The book of Ruth is happening uh, right at the same time that the Judges is is going on. Remember uh, the summary of the book of Judges from last week, where it said that in those days there was no king of Israel. And everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. So there was utter chaos going on, and God was setting up a need. He was sowing the seeds for a need for a king and for a redeemer. And so that's what was happening last week. Well, when you turn the page after the book of Judges, you land right here in the book of Ruth. And so there's another story that's going on. God really is at work. Now, the setting of Ruth is there's an Israelite family that is um, struggling through a famine. And so they are moving to Moab to find food. The father dies and leaves his wife widowed. That's Naomi. And then the sons marry Moabite women. Ruth and Orpah are their names. And then the sons die, leaving those two daughters-in-law as widows. And so Naomi decides to go back home. They were in Moab, remember, looking for food because of the famine. And so because of all of this challenge and struggle, she decides to go back home to Israel but she knows that uh, she knows that life as an unmarried, widowed, uh, foreign woman there in in Israel is going to be very hard. She knows that already. So she tries to talk Orpah and Ruth into staying in Moab. Orpah stays, but Ruth decides to go with Naomi. One of the key passages in the book of Ruth. Ruth says to Naomi, "Where you go, Naomi." I'm going to go. Your people will become my people, and your God will become my God. And that's, that's huge. 
that's huge when you start thinking about how God is on this mission to begin to include other nations, other peoples into his family. He started out with the, the nation of Israel, but then he's on a mission to gather in other nations. The author is not mentioned, but King David is mentioned in the genealogy, which is given in chapter 4 of this book. And so it means that the writing of the book of Ruth is taking place sometime after David became king, which is sometime around 1000 B.C. Now, a major theme of the book, I'm so excited uh, in reading it this week, there are just four chapters, so it's a really, really tiny book, but don't underestimate the power of what's in this book. So the major theme in this book is redemption. Redemption. And, and redemption means to regain something or to possess something again, something that was lost, that by payment it becomes yours again. And so it's going to be God's zeal, God's mission that advances the redemptive story in, in very surprising and creative ways in this book. There are many metaphors in Ruth about how God works in our lives. You know, just when it looks like God is not at work, uh, which means when you were reading the book of Judges, you think, God isn't at work. We can't even see that he's doing anything. Well, right at the same time, the book of Ruth is happening. God, by his mysterious plan and sovereign power, is going to be faithful to his covenanting promise. It's going to be his amazing grace that Ruth, a Moabite woman, a pagan Moabite who's an alien, she's a stranger, she's, she's an outsider, an outcast, an immigrant. That means she has no claim to the promises of God. There's no natural entrance into the family of God and into a relationship with God. But it's going to be by God's amazing grace that she's going to gain entrance into God's family. I mean, Let's just pause for a second. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Do you hear how amazing this grace of God really is? Th that is, the story of redemption is in, is in this woman's biography. That's us. When we read the book of Ruth, that's us. We too were aliens. We too were immigrants. We too were outcasts. We too were not part of God's family. But because of God's grace, His miraculous, creative grace, we've been brought in to God's family. See, sin makes us strangers. That's what the Bible presents, is that sin makes us strangers. We're aliens. There's no natural entrance into a relationship with God. And I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament where he says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. That's Ephesians chapter 2. That's Ruth. That's us we begin to get the picture of how big God's grace really is. We begin to get a picture of the scope of God's grace. 
that God's grace is way bigger than the people of Israel. Yes, he loves the people of Israel, but his grace would, would go much far reaching than just Israel. God's grace is going to spread beyond the borders of just one nation. And he's going to go to all the nations of the earth. So no doubt that redemption is the theme of this short but very powerful book. Unlike any other Old Testament passage, words that have redemption as their root occur 23 times in this book of Ruth. God is wanting to be very, very sure to hammer home this point or draw it into very, very clear focus for us that this book is about redemption. And out of this couple, Boaz and Ruth, is going to come David, King David. And out of King David would come the Messiah, Jesus. So the wild, utterly wild ways of God in accomplishing his work of grace. That God uses unexpected people. God uses unexpected ways to protect his promises and making sure that those promises are going to happen. And so through this alien woman, this stranger and immigrant, God would make sure that the promised Messiah is going to come. God is creating a genealogy out of which the Redeemer, Jesus the Redeemer, will come. Now Boaz is a picture of a Redeemer, but Boaz is not the Redeemer. Boaz is the genealogy of the Redeemer, Christ, the Messiah. And so the physical history and genealogies and what sometimes seems to be mundane situations and characters, all of those are very, very, very important because they create the context God uses to make his promises happen for his people. There's a great and quick summary of the uh, narrative summary of the book of Ruth. And so I want to now take a sample passage of the book of Ruth. And this is found in Ruth chapter 4, sort of the climax here of the book. Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 22 is our sample passage today. And as I said, it's about redemption. And the three points I'm trying to make from this key sampler passage, and that is the curiosity of redemption, the context of redemption, and then the climax of redemption. Well, first of all, let's read the passage, and then we'll look at these three points, the curiosity, the context, and the climax of redemption. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. 
Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of, Mi- of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Why don't we pause right now as we read this incredible story of redemption and ask God to just amaze us with his amazing grace again today as we reflect on this story. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this story of redemption. It's such a curious story. Teach us about the context of redemption and show us the climax of this redemption that's ultimately found here in this genealogy that follows itself all the way to the coming Messiah, Christ, who is our Redeemer. So be with us now as we look at your word. Encourage us. Give us hope today. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, the curiosity of redemption, here's a curious little fact as you read through the book of Ruth, is how little God is mentioned. Well, did you just hear that? That there's a book in the Bible and, and, and God is hardly even mentioned in this book. I mean, the characters in this book talk about God a few times, but the narrator never mentions God doing anything directly. It's brilliant. It's, it's absolutely brilliant how the author sets this up, that God's providence is at work behind the scenes, weaving all of these circumstances and all of these characters and the choices that these characters make into an incredible and beautiful outcome. I mean, Naomi might even think that God is punishing her. There's a famine. She, she, she moves to a distant land. She doesn't know this land. She doesn't speak the language. She doesn't know the culture. Her husband dies. She, she's a widow. She, she's poor. Is God punishing her? But, but see, God's mission, you have to keep reading the story. If you were to just stop reading the story there in chapter 1 of Ruth, you, you may think that too, but you have to keep reading the story as Naomi has to keep living in the story to see that God's mission is to actually restore Naomi and restore her family. But not without Boaz. God uses the integrity and the generosity and the gracious heart of Boaz. But not without Ruth. God uses her boldness in being an immigrant. And so there's this interplay of God's purposes woven together beautifully with human decisions that God weaves all that together to bring about his redemptive purposes in the world. It's quite a curious story. I mean, a very, very contemporary story. You know, it's a story of two immigrant women, Naomi and Ruth, who forged this interracial sisterhood. There's a, it's an interracial marriage. And very curious characters. This Bethlehem farmer, Boaz. uh, An immigrant woman from Moab, Ruth. And a lady who's experienced a triple bereavement, Naomi. Very, very curious. 
Well, that point was very uh, quick. Uh, next two points are, are a little bit longer, and, and that is, number two is the context for redemption. The context for redemption. So, as we said, it just it takes tremendous courage. If you're an immigrant, and by the way, we all are immigrants, but it takes tremendous courage to be an immigrant and to leave a land and go to another land. People who don't know the language, people who don't have resources, people who don't have connections. Now again, redemption means to gain access. It means to have inclusion. It means to be brought into. It means to regain possession of something by payment. By payment. Payment is going to be made. Payment has to be made for redemption to take place. And so this family that immigrated to a foreign land, I mean, they found poverty there. They're running from famine. Now they find poverty to the place where they've immigrated. And now there's even death. Naomi is left alone, poor, widowed, two daughters-in-law. Naomi had no economic hope. I mean, I want you to think about some of the options, some of the very bleak options that Naomi had. One option for Naomi was to work in the fields. Hey, go work in the fields. But guess what? Naomi is too old to do that. Second option Naomi has is to get married. I mean, and you just have to understand about that culture that if you're going to have any type of security, if you're going to have any name or any future, you need to be married. You've you got to have a family. To have a family means you have a name and heritage. So that was the tradition. Option number two, to get married. She can't get married. She, she's too old. She can't produce. She can't produce an heir. Sons, daughters, Family was everything in this culture. I mean, you didn't marry for just sex. You didn't marry just because you truly loved the person or you were truly compatible. It was about family, heritage, name. Option three, your children should support you. Naomi, well, remember, Naomi's children are dead. Fourth option, rent out your land, Naomi. Problem there too. Naomi doesn't have a land. She, she has nothing. She has no family. She has no land. So is there another way? How is redemption going to happen? And this, this is the creativity of God. This is how God weaves together and, and orchestrates the mosaic of His grace and redemption and so there are different types of redeemers that we see here in the book of Ruth that are pointing, pointing towards an ultimate redeemer, Christ, who would come. Well, let's look at Boaz. Boaz is a type of redeemer. Uh, he, he's mentioned as a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer, and basically this means a, a family redeemer. It was a, in their cultural practice... There in Israel, it was the responsibility of some named person who was going to be the kinsman redeemer to marry the widow. If there's a widow that happens in a family, then this kinsman redeemer was to marry this widow to protect the family line. 
Now remember the famine happening in the land? Remember that? Well, there's also this other feature uh, about how Boaz is a type of redeemer. And that is how Ruth goes out to glean as a Moabite. Now to glean means she was hungry. There was a famine. And so there she is. She's going out to glean in the fields. She's going out to, to get something to eat. And, and to do that, as she's going out into those, uh, into those fields, you need to understand that uh, as a Moabite woman doing that, there in Israel, she's doing something incredibly risky. She's taking her own life into her own hands to do that. But it just so happens, in God's creativity, that at the beginning of the barley harvest <laughs> is exactly when Ruth is going out to find food. Isn't that amazing? Ruth goes out to look for food and it just so happens, <laughs> by God's amazing grace and creativity, that Ruth picks grain in the field of a farmer named Boaz. She could have chosen any field, but God makes sure that it's this farmer in Bethlehem or from Bethlehem named Boaz. And he's, he's known as a man of noble character. And Boaz notices Ruth and he ends up finding out about Ruth's story. And Boaz shows special generosity to Ruth. Boaz makes special provision for Ruth. Ruth is an immigrant, and yet Boaz allows her to take some of the harvest from his field, to gather, to gather grain from his field. See, Boaz is reflecting the character, the generosity, the inclusion of God. Boaz is actually obeying an explicit commandment of God found in the Torah, those first five books of the Bible that we looked at in our journey through Scripture, that explicit commandment of God that says to show generosity to the immigrant, to the poor, to the widow, to the fatherless, to include those, to make provision for those. So to, 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 to glean meant that landowners could, could not harvest their crop all the way up to the edges so as to maximize profits, but they had to leave some grain so that the poor could come and glean it, so that they too would be taken care of. That's who God is. That's the generosity and the inclusion and the grace of God and how God thinks about and desires to treat immigrants and the poor among us. Well, guess what? Ruth comes home with more than a little bit of gleaning. Ruth comes home to Naomi with a harvest and tells Naomi that she met Boaz and there she is with part of the harvest. Now again, a review back in the book of Leviticus, chapter 25. Remember Joshua came into the land, the promised land, and it was divided up among the families. And what was instituted there in the book of Leviticus every 50th year was the year of Jubilee. It was a year of celebration. And what that meant was that land could go back to you and you would get another uh, chance in case your family had lost your land. 
There's like a second chance. That's what the year of Jubilee was about. A a second chance that, that the family could regain, repossess land that somehow they had lost. That's what redemption is. That way the rich doesn't keep getting richer. That way the poor doesn't keep getting poorer. The kinsman redeemer, see, could buy back the land on behalf of that family. Boaz has this heart of grace. He has this heart of generosity. Boaz doesn't only take on the family debt and absorb it. He pays it. He pays that debt for the family. But he marries Ruth. All of his wealth becomes hers immediately. I mean, think about how this changed Ruth's life immediately. It changed her status immediately. Automatically. She didn't have to work for it. She wasn't trying to do something to impress Boaz so that Boaz might become generous to her. Boaz wasn't going to make her work for it. Make her pay it off in some way, but Boaz himself absorbs the payment himself. That's what a Redeemer does. This gives us a whole new life and whole new future when there's redemption that takes place. Well, Ruth also is a type of Redeemer. And by the way, we're looking at Boaz as a type of Redeemer. We're now going to look at Ruth as a type of Redeemer, all pointing towards Christ as a climax of uh, what redemption is all about. Well, yeah, Ruth is a type of redeemer. She, she's like a suffering servant. Verse 15 that we read earlier says, He's renewing your life. And she, Ruth, is better than seven sons. Naomi said to Ruth, Don't immigrate here in Moab. You have what you need, so do not come with me. Naomi, remember, she's trying to talk Ruth out of going to Israel. Don't go. Stay here in Moab. You have all that you need here. But see, Ruth, she's like a suffering servant. That's the type of redeemer she is. She says to Naomi, your people are going to become my people. God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. Be it ever so surely, even if death separates you and me. See, Ruth, as this type of redeemer, as this type of suffering servant, is not saying, okay, I'm going to go to Israel if you can promise me that everything's going to work out great, if if I'm only promised a great life. No, no. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where she says to Naomi, I'm going to go, and wherever you stay, I'm going to stay, and your people are going to become my people, and your God's going to become my God, and, and, and where you die, I'm going to die, and where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. And may the Lord deal with me even if death comes. See, most Christians would say, you know what, I, 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 I'm becoming a Christian because I'm honestly expecting a better life. I'm just going to choose among the gods, and it looks like, Good old Jesus is going to give me a better life, so that's why I'm becoming a Christian. That's not what Ruth is doing here as she's saying to Naomi, 
may your God become my God. What she's saying is, I believe, even if, even if my life doesn't look as though it's going to be better. It will be better, but it may not look as though it's going to be better. Ruth impoverishes herself. That's the point. She leaves the familiar. And the result is Naomi is redeemed. That's the gospel. That is the gospel that if your identity is not in God, if your identity, then your identity will become your culture, or your identity will become your race, or your identity will become your gender, or your identity will become your class. But the gospel here in the book of Ruth is about the the barrier-breaking power of grace. Culture is not everything. Gender is not everything. Race is not everything. Family is not everything. Ruth doesn't expect to get a husband. She doesn't expect to get money. She's, She's not even necessarily expecting a greater life. And if the Lord is her Lord, she can put no limits on her obedience. It's not, I'll obey if I get this and that. And so a Christian, every Christian should say what Ruth says. I'll I'll take all the conditions off my obedience. I'm going to follow this God, come what may. I trust this God, come what may. And this leads us to the climax of redemption. We've talked about the curiosity, or rather the the creativity of redemption, the context for redemption, and now the climax of redemption. The climax of redemption takes place here as we look at the end of the story. The end of the story, verses 18 through 22, the book of Ruth concludes with a genealogy. And I know right now you're thinking, is that it? You you got us all the way into this sermon just to say that the climax of redemption is in a genealogy? Yes, it's in a genealogy. Listen, Listen how this unfolds here. And by the way, if you look at this genealogy here in Ruth chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, you also need to go read in the very first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, And this genealogy is going to pick up there and it's going to mention characters like Abraham. And guess who else? Boaz and Ruth and also King David and Matthew chapter 1 and that genealogy is going to mention Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah. And so what's beautiful here in this ending of the story of this genealogy is that there's a reversal of all the tragedies that took place in chapter 1. That's what redemption is. It's a reversal of all the tragedies that have taken place. The death of the husband. Death of the sons. God is reversing all of that in chapter 4. Ruth is married again and gives birth to a son. And it's Boaz and Ruth's son, Obed, who's the grandfather of King David, from whom came the lineage of the Messiah, Christ Jesus. So all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, the seemingly mundane events and characters are woven together in God's grand story of redemption for the whole world. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Don't bail on the story. Don't bail on your own story. Don't read Scripture such as Ruth chapter 1 and think, oh, this story looks kind of bleak and bail. Hang in there. Finish the story and watch how creatively God brings about the climax of His redemption. Ruth invites us to consider how God is at work. How God is at work in the very normal and mundane circumstances in your life. See, the real Redeemer is a child born in Bethlehem. That's the real Redeemer. I mean, the author is pointing to a great descendant. A great descendant. But looks a lot like the ancient father and mother, Boaz and Ruth. This great descendant, Christ, will look like Ruth. He's going to leave his father's throne above. He's going to become an immigrant. Like Boaz, he's not only going to pay our debt for our sin, but he's going to reach out and unite us so that all of his wealth becomes yours. Like Boaz, he's your flesh and blood. Christ, your Redeemer, is your very flesh and blood. And so if Jesus saves us, by the way, If Jesus saves us by saying, hey, just go live a good life. He didn't have to become flesh and blood. Jesus didn't save us, though, by saying, go and live a good life. Jesus knew that we couldn't go and live a good life all by ourselves. So he becomes a man born in the flesh, So to become a Christian is to not say that I'm going to try really hard to become like Boaz and like Ruth. But rather to become a Christian is to say that there was was one who became cosmically alien on my behalf. Jesus says, I throw away my life so that you can have a life. That's what it means for me to be a redeemer in your life. And so the only way to see Jesus here in the Scriptures is to see Jesus as an alien, see Jesus as poor, see Jesus as an immigrant born in a manger, coming to redeem all of humanity, all who would believe in Him. And so Boaz and Ruth are pointing us to a Redeemer. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter all the failures in your life. And that leads us right here to good news here in the book of Ruth, the gospel found in the book of Ruth, that Boaz has the right to intervene in the circumstances that's going on in Naomi and Ruth's life. Boaz has has the right to to sort of take on all of their needs. 
and all of their circumstances and all of their troubles. That's, that's what he does. He takes it on himself. And that's a foreshadowing of what Christ does as the Redeemer. He, he takes it upon himself. He, he, he bears those needs that you have and that I have. He bears those pains that you have. He carries that heavy load that you have. The word redemption, a synonym for that, means to, to swap. There's a swapping, a switching of places that Christ does with us. Christ takes our place. He lives a perfect life in your place because we can't do it. Christ dies a death on the cross in your place for the payment of sin so that we don't have to. And Christ takes our place through the resurrection giving life to all who believe in Him. This is the good news. This is what redemption is all about. That Christ has the right to do that and to bear our burdens, all of our hurt, all of our loss, all death that we've incurred along the way in this story. All pain, all suffering, all disaster, all alienation, all brokenness. Christ is the great physician and heals us by taking our diseases upon Himself and bears them in Himself. That's gratuitous mercy. See, Ruth had come to take refuge in this God. Ruth had come to take refuge under the wings of this God. Ruth is... Not a story saying, if you trust God, God will give you everything you want. But rather the story of Ruth is, if you give up your definition of what a good life is, God will give you not only a good life, but He's going to give you a great life. I'm going to quote here from Galatians chapter 4. And Galatians chapter 4 quotes from Isaiah 54. And listen to these verses here. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Do you hear that? Do you hear that in God's redemptive creativity, He's able to make something out of nothing? If I obey God, I may not have the life I expected, but I'll have a better one. I'll have a better one than I ever expected. That's what redemption is. And if you're willing to give up your life to God, God will actually give you your life back, but when He gives you your life back, it'll be better. It'll be better. Let's conclude with verse 14. I invite you to read it here with me. Verse 14 says, Praise the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May the Lord become famous throughout Israel and the world. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this little book with big grace. 
Help us receive this good news. Help us receive your grace. Help us take it to a hurting world around us. May your vision of bringing unbelieving people into your family become our vision. People like Ruth that you brought in. People like Ruth who found shelter and refuge in your covenant love and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.